Thank you for the mighty Holy Spirit. Sit here tonight to reveal Jesus Christ to the church. Pray this today, Lord God, tonight that our spiritual eyes would be made open by way of the light of the Holy Ghost. Help us, O God, to grasp the realities of your word. Cause the complicated to become made simple tonight by way of the Spirit of God. And we'll, Father, give you all the glory, all the praise, and all of the honor for it. In Jesus' name, amen. Second Timothy, this is not in my notes, uh, Teresa, I'm just going to read this. Second Timothy chapter 4, verse 5. Paul writes, But watch thou in all things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, make full proof of thy ministry. For I am now ready to be offered, and the time of my departure is at hand. Paul's getting ready to be executed. He knows it. The Spirit of God has revealed to him that his ministry is about to come to a, his earthly ministry is about to come to an end. But he says here in verse 7, I have fought a good fight. I have finished my course. And I have kept the faith. What a testimony. He said, I fought a good fight. I finished my course. I did everything that God wanted me to do. And I have kept the faith. Tonight I want to talk about unshakable faith. Unshakable faith. I believe Paul got to the point where he had uh, and was experiencing and exercising a faith that could not be shaken. He was facing death and he knew it, but he was not moved. He had his eyes on the prize. And I really believe that unshakable faith is possible. And we're going to go through the word of God tonight and we're going to see how it is made possible by, and Jesus is going to explain some things about that. But I believe that God wants us in these days where everything else can be shaken, but his church will not be shaken because of our faith in him and our faith in his word. So let's get right into the word. Let's go to the book of Luke chapter 6. Unshakable faith. Hallelujah. And this is Jesus talking here in Luke chapter 6, verse 46. 
Why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things which I say? He said, don't call me Lord if you're not doing the things that I say. Uh, those who call him Lord ought to be obeying him and doing the things that he says to. Uh, he makes that perfectly clear. Not what men say, but what he says. Verse 46 again, why call you me Lord, Lord, and you don't do the things which I say? Verse 47, whosoever cometh to me, I like that, he says whosoever. That means this is, anybody can be included in this. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings, his teachings, his doctrine, and then he says, and doeth them. Or they hear the word and they act on the word. It's one thing to hear the word, but it's a whole other thing to act on what you hear. Matter of fact, that's, that's where power is really released. You can hear a good sermon, but if you don't act on that sermon, it does you no good. Whosoever cometh to me and heareth my sayings and doeth them, I will show you to whom he is like. So he says, I'm going to show you what this man or this woman looks like. The one who hears and acts on the word. He is like a man which built a house. And that man that built that house, he says, he digged deep. And he laid the foundation of that house on a rock. Get the picture? Can you see that? He laid the foundation of that house because he dug deep on a rock. And when the flood arose, And the stream beat vehemently upon that house and could not shake it. <laughs> For it was founded upon a rock. He said, that house, that particular house that was built on the rock... And had the rock as its foundation, though the flood beat vehemently upon it, the Bible says, Jesus said, the head of the church says, it could not be shaken. So Jesus is saying, and, and, and the stream, by the way, is the troubles of life. Anybody familiar with the troubles of life? Anybody ever went through a test or a trial? Uh, strong faith does not exempt us from tests and trials. Amen? You can have all the faith in the world. You're still going to have to endure some things. 
still going to have to, your faith is going to be tested. to See if it's genuine. But he says, when the stream or the test in the trial beats vehemently upon your house, your house doesn't necessarily have to be shaken. We can have a faith, Jesus says here, that cannot be shaken when our faith is based on the Word of God and only upon the Word of God. Uh, that type of faith is based on the Word or the rock. And what I'm trying to say is faith, Bible faith, must be based on the written word. We need to get that. Because the flood of, of life, the difficulties of life, the tests and the trials, they're going to come. And uh, whether or not we're shaken, our faith is shaken, depends on whether or not our faith is based on what God says. Not on what the culture is saying, not what on what uh, men are saying, but what Jesus is saying. And our willingness to act on the word. He says, not, don't, don't, don't just hear the word, but act on the word. If you believe that God has delivered you from poverty and lack, begin to act on the principles of God that bring deliverance from poverty and lack. Be willing to sow a seed. Amen. Be willing to give and it shall be given unto you. Right? A lot of times when we're going through difficulties in certain areas, I'm bringing finances right now, but a lot of times we, we, we hold back out of fear that, uh, we're going to go deeper into that place of lack if we give. I don't know why God is giving me that. But, 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 but we have to understand that the Word of God can never fail. That the windows of heaven are opened unto us when we are tithers and givers, faithful givers. Amen. So I'm speaking to somebody tonight. You, you, you may be fearful right now and you, you're fearful in your giving, but God says, don't be fearful in your giving. Have faith in the rock of the word. And you'll see the power of God operating even in your finances. Amen. So the Bible says that house could not be shaken. Jesus is saying that there is a faith possible that cannot be shaken or disturbed by the trials and tests of life. I want to go to Hebrews chapter 11. Let's see where the Holy Ghost is going to take us tonight with this. Because he gave me this message. And tests and trials are not meant to bring our faith to a place where it's shaken.
Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for. It, faith, is the evidence of things not seen. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. It is the evidence, the Bible says, of things not seen. Unshakable faith needs only the word has its evidence. Unshakable faith needs only the word has the evidence that God is true. It doesn't need anything out here in the natural realm has evidence. The evidence of unshakable faith is God said so. And because God said so, we stand. Amen. That, that's, that's what unshakable faith is built upon. It's built upon the integrity of the word of God. We're not intimidated about what we see when, we, when, we, when our faith is unshakable. We're not intimidated by what we feel. We're not intimidated by anything that the enemy brings in the natural. Because our faith is based on a covenant that we are joint heirs with through Jesus Christ. Okay? So, unshakable faith only needs the word has evidence. So when I'm going through, when I'm experiencing contradictions in terms of my realities or my experiences, I base my faith on the word instead of basing my faith on what I'm going through. I don't deny what I'm going through, but I, I deny it's right to bring me down. Because the Bible says that I, I have been made more than a conqueror through him. The Bible says this is the victory that overcomes the world, even my faith in this world. We're, we're, we're talking about tonight, we're talking about a radical faith. We're not talking about a sissified faith. We're talking about a radical faith. We're talking about a bulldog type of faith that refuses to be refused. That's what it's going to take, by the way. That's what it's going to take in these days. Because the enemy is turning up the heat. And because he's turning up the heat, we must answer him with the word of faith. With what God says. And might not be moved off of that spot or off of that place of faith. Amen. I want to go back to Luke chapter 5. Let's go back there. Luke chapter 5. Somebody need to hear this tonight. And Simon answering said unto him, Master, we have toiled all night and have taken nothing. 
Nevertheless, at thy word, I will let down the nets. Peter, I mean, Simon had been toiling all night, using his expertise as a veteran fisherman. And he had caught nothing. And he was tired. And his experience was telling him, not today. Not tonight. We're not going to get anything tonight. But Jesus told him to launch out into the deep. And even though in the natural, it didn't make any sense. Simon said, but at your word, I'll act on it. And we see later on that uh, he caught a harvest of fish so much that it filled his boat. And he had to have help bringing that harvest in. Because he believed the word. Because his focus was not on what his experience was in the natural. But his focus was on what Jesus had said. And that's what God is telling us tonight. God wants us to focus on the word that he gave you. All of us are experiencing something. And the Holy Spirit is faithful. He will not leave us without a word. If you go to God in prayer concerning that problem, that situation, the Holy Spirit will speak a word to you. But it's up to us to hear that word and receive that word and then act on that word. That's where the deliverance comes. That's where the the mighty power of God is released when we begin to act on what the Spirit tells us instead of acting on and in fear of what we're seeing or what we're going through. This is Bible faith. This is where the rubber meets the road. And we all are going to get to that point one day in our lives where we're going to be faced with, am I going to believe the Bible Or am I going to believe what I'm going through? Where our faith is shaken by the circumstances, or are we going to believe in the foundational truths of the Bible which says God cannot lie? Scripture says it's impossible for him to lie. And we have to hold on to that When the contrary winds of circumstances come our way. When you get the doctor's report that says, it's not going to work out good for you this time. What are you going to believe? Scripture says, who hath believed our report? To whom has the arm of the Lord been revealed? The power of God been revealed. The, The power of God has been revealed at this church. From this pulpit, over the years, I heard it preached through Pastor Goodluck. I heard it preached through Pastor Angela. I've heard it preached through many powerful men and women of God. The word of deliverance, the word of faith, the arm of God, hallelujah, has been preached. And the Bible says that the, the unshakable power of God has been made available to the church, if we'll only believe it. Hallelujah.
Unshakable faith truly, truly understands that it's impossible for God to lie. Unshakable faith has gotten that revelation. Let's go back to Hebrews. That it's impossible for God to lie. Every time the enemy speaks to you anything other than the word of God, what he's saying to you is God is not telling the truth. That's what he's saying. He's doing the same thing that he did to Eve in the garden. He's he's using that same strategy. But we must have an understanding that our God cannot lie. It's impossible for him to lie. And we get that revelation by study of the word. Doesn't come out automatically. It comes as we renew our thinking by way of the word of God. Now, it says here in Hebrews 6 and verse 13. For when God made promise to Abraham, because he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. What does that mean? Because <laughs> he, he, he could swear by no greater, he swore by himself. What God was saying when he, the Bible says when he swore by himself is he, God was saying that if I don't keep my word, I'll cease to be God. See, I, I swear by my, I can't, I can't find nothing greater to swear on. I swear by my very existence. He swore by his throne. He said, I'll advocate my throne if I don't keep my word. He swore by himself. Saying, surely blessing, I will bless you. Hmm. That's what what he's promised Abraham. And multiplying, I will multiply you. See, in the same light... That God spoke to Abraham in that way. He's speaking to you in the same light. Whatever you're standing on, whatever promise you're standing on concerning covenant relationship with God in terms of that. God is saying to you, I'm swearing by myself. And he's not getting off his throne, right? He's never going to abdicate his throne. He'll always be God. So I know then... That I'm going to get what the Bible says. Amen. That's the kind of faith that God requires. If we're going to tap into what God wants us to tap in in these days. Verse 14 again. Surely blessing, I will bless you and multiplying, I will multiply you. And so after Abraham had patiently endured. He had to operate in the fruit of patience, and you will too. You have to operate in the fruit of patience. You have to go through seasons where it doesn't look like it's happening, where it doesn't look like it's working. You'll go through seasons where there are contradictions all around you. But Paul says, having done all, stand. How do you stand? You stand by focusing on the unchangeable word of God. 
Verse 15 again. So after he had patiently endured, so he endured some things. He endured the contradictions. He endured the dead body, the body now dead, right? He considered not that body now dead. And you have to consider not those things that are contrary, that, that's going against your promise tonight. So after he had patiently endured, he obtained the promise, the Bible says. For men verily swear by the greater, and an oath of confirmation is to them an end of all strife. Wherein God willing more abundantly to show unto the heirs of promise, talking about us, the immutability or the unchangeableness of his counsel, he confirmed it by an oath. That by two immutable or two unchangeable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Mm. That's it right there. It's impossible for God to lie that we might have strong consolation. So God consoles us as we stand on the word. He gives us strong consolation in the truth that he cannot lie. He consoles us while we're, while we're waiting on the manifestation of that which He has promised. He consoles us. He gives us strong consolation. As we focus on the truth that Jesus Christ is the same yesterday, today, and forever. We're keeping our eyes on Him. We're keeping our eyes on the covenant. We're keeping our eyes on the one who was faithful to Abraham. He will be faithful to us. Hallelujah. The unchangeable God. Who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope that is set before us. That hope is biblical expectation. You're expecting it. You're expecting that promise to manifest at any moment. Even as we are, we're expecting to see Jesus. Hallelujah. Those sky, the sky open up. But you're, we're expecting to be healed. We're expecting for that child that we've been praying for for 20 years to one day come home and accept Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. We're expecting that. The seed of the righteous shall be delivered, the Bible says. We're standing on that. Hallelujah. This is the kind of faith God requires. This is the kind of faith that God is looking for. An unshakable faith. A faith that cannot be shaken by time or events or what's going on in the natural realm. Romans chapter 4. Let's go there. Still talking about Abraham. We're talking about unshakable faith tonight. Now, the scripture says, and this is a mighty verse, it says, And being not weak in faith, he considered not his own body now dead. So the Bible says he considered not his own body now dead. So Abraham's faith was not shaken by how his body felt. His, his physical man, at that time, didn't have the ability anymore in the natural, somebody say in the natural, to produce a child. 
He considered not his own body, now dead, when he was about a hundred years old, neither yet the deadness of Sarah's womb. So Abraham's faith was not shaken because of the natural things that was going on in his life. And God doesn't want your faith to be shaken by the natural things that's going on in your life either. Well, God tell you to open up a business in this economy. He puts it in your heart, you, and you know it was God. But the devil screams in your mind, you don't have the education. You don't have the financial aptitude. You're not able to do such a thing. But when God speaks that to you, you must consider not those things. You must, on purpose, and this is the battle right here. On purpose, you must cast down every imagination. That's where the warfare is involved. That exalts itself against the knowledge of God. Against what God has spoken to you. You must, on purpose, at that time, when the enemy speaks, at that time, don't play with it, cast it down. The devil tells you, you're not going to get healed this time. You got healed last time, but not this time. At that moment, the moment that snake speaks to you, don't entertain those thoughts. Immediately, somebody say immediately. Immediately cast that thought down. That's warfare. That, that, that's where the battle is won and lost at that moment. That's how you keep your faith from being shaken by not listening to his, his to his life, by not meditating on, on his life. Matter of fact, that's what fear is. Fear is meditating on the lies of the devil. When the spirit of fear comes, faith walks out the door. So Abraham, the Bible says, he considered not the, 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 uh, his own body. And the Bible says in the next verse, he staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief. But he grew strong in faith, the Bible says. Strong in faith. In other words, he refused to let the devil talk him out of it. And that's what God is telling you tonight. Don't let the enemy talk you out of the promise. Don't let your faith be shaken tonight. By what you're going through or what you're seeing or what you're hearing. Verse 21. And being fully persuaded. What he had promised, what God has promised, he was able also to perform. Hallelujah. So that's where God wants us to get to the place where we're fully persuaded. That no matter what happens or what's going on, we have firmly, we're firmly standing upon the rock. And though the stream beats vehemently upon our house, we're not shaken. Jesus said it's possible to have that kind of faith. Or else he would not have given that illustration. We can have that kind of faith in 2023. That type of faith is made available to the church if we can act on the word, hear the word, and do the word. If we can hear faith, work, faith, faith sermons like I'm preaching tonight and then begin to act on those things. That's where the key is. 
hearing it and when you walk out of here acting on it. Because what's going to happen, typically, when you hear sermons like this or teachings like this, the enemy's going to come and he's going to bring contradictions. He's going to set up a contradiction that's going to try to bring fear and doubt into your, into your mind. At that moment, that's where you have to meet him, with the word. This is a simple word, but it's a powerful word, I'm telling you. This is where the rubber meets the road. Um, let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 7. Thank you, Lord. Now, God is talking to Israel, and he's given them mighty promises of the covenant. And there are awesome, awesome promises out of the mouth of God for his covenant people. He says here in verse 16, And thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee, and that I shall have no pity upon them, neither shalt thou serve their gods, for that will be a snare unto you. So God is telling Israel that he's going to give them victory over every enemy. And so in so many words, that's what he's saying. Thou shalt consume all the people which the Lord thy God shall deliver thee. Then he says here in verse 21, Thou shalt not be frightened of them, talking about Israel's enemies, for the Lord your God is among you, a mighty God and terrible. Hallelujah. So he's given them confidence by way of the word of God, by way of his promises. And he's requiring them, as he speaks, to believe him. Amen. He says in verse 23, But the Lord your God shall deliver them unto thee, talking about your enemies, and shall destroy them with a mighty destruction until they be destroyed. Hallelujah. I love it. So God is, he, he's guaranteeing them victory over every adversary. No man is going to be able to stand before them kind of getting ahead of myself, but no man's going to be able to stand before them. That's what he's telling them. And it's for every covenant man and woman. Okay. Let's go to Deuteronomy chapter 28. I love the book of Deuteronomy. I don't know about you, but I love it. Great promises. Verse 7. And the Lord shall cause your enemies that rise up against you to be smitten before your face. They shall come out against thee one way and shall flee before you seven ways. Hallelujah. That's plain and simple. Letting them know y'all are a special people because y'all are serving a mighty God. 
And I'm guaranteed, he says, I'm guaranteeing you covenant victory every single time if you'll obey and act on it. Very simple. Now, let's transition over here to the book of Joshua, chapter 1. Let's look at verse 3. Now, the previous verses are saying that Moses is already dead. The one who God spoke the promises through is dead. But how many of y'all know the promises are still alive? Even though Moses is dead. That promise, the promise that God spoke through Moses is still relevant to God's covenant people. He says here in verse 3, and he's talking to Joshua. Every place that the sole of your foot shall tread upon, that have I given you, as I said unto Moses. So again, the promises of God are perpetual. They are meant to go from generation to generation, and they are not to lose their strength. It's not going to be watered down for the next generation. The next generation can experience the promise as long as they believe it. Verse 4, from the wilderness and this Lebanon, even unto the great river, the river Euphrates, all the land of the Hittites, unto the sea, unto the great sea going down to the coast of the sun, shall be your coast. Verse 5, there shall not any man be able to stand before you all the days of your life. As I was with Moses, so will I be with you. I will not fail you nor forsake you. Now, in order for Joshua to experience that, he had to believe that the same God that spoke to Moses was speaking to him. Amen. And the same promise that God made to Moses was, was made available to Joshua. Same holds true with you and I. The same God that spoke to Joshua and the same God who spoke through Moses is speaking to us tonight by way of covenant. And he's letting us know that no matter what we go through, no matter what enemy comes against us, whether sickness, whether poverty, whether spiritual, that any of those enemies that try to overtake us, God has already given us the victory. All we have to do is embrace the promise. And have an unshakable faith in what God says. And I'm reminded, I'm running out of time, but I'm reminded of David who 400 years later believed that. The whole, the whole nation of Israel was afraid of Goliath. All this great army was afraid of Goliath, but one shepherd boy was not because he got a revelation that the covenant of God was still intact and he had access to it because God never changes. By two immutable things, it's impossible for God to lie. And that's what God is telling us tonight. It's impossible for you to fail if you'll have unshakable faith in the word of God and have a trust, hallelujah, no matter what you see or feel. I'm telling you God is speaking to you tonight. Some of us are facing some things, and I'm here to tell you, God has already gone before us. But we must believe. 
stand to your feet tonight. I want you to think in your mind that thing that, that you're battling tonight. That thing that's, that, that you're believing God for tonight. Place it before the throne tonight. And have a, rev- a, a, a mindset that you will not let it go. No matter what's going on, what, no matter what the enemy brings, no matter what circumstance he, he, he brings to you, you will not let it go. You will not let go of your destiny. You will not let go of that thing that God has told you it is yours. See it. Grab hold to it by faith tonight. And so we do tonight, Father, those things that you, Almighty God, have spoken to us. We release tonight an unshakable faith in you, in your faithfulness, in your greatness. The fact that you will never change and the covenant that we have with you is enforced by the blood of your son. And so tonight, Father, we give you glory. We give you praise. We give you honor tonight as we stand as your covenant people upon the promises of God. And we will not release, we will not, will not relent or be released from it. But we hold on to because we hold on to you. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen and amen and amen and amen. Thank you, Father.